I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading the last three chapters of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 64 through 66. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In Isaiah chapter 64, we have a continuation of the Jewish remnant's prayer for deliverance. Verse 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down, the mountain shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you and your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we all are your people. Your holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem a desolation. Our holy and beautiful temple, where our fathers praised you, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Will you restrain yourself because of these things, O Lord? Will you hold your peace and afflict us very severely? Well, this prayer began in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 15. It will be the prayer of the remnant of Israel who will be saved during the tribulation. They'll be looking for God to restore them to glory. You'll observe that even though Jerusalem still stands at the time of Isaiah's prophecy, he speaks of it as though it has already been destroyed. We see this clearly in verses 10 and 11 when he says, Your holy cities are a wilderness. Zion is a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful temple, where our fathers praised you, is burned up with fire, and all our pleasant things are laid waste. The depravity of man is seen in verse 6, when it says, But we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now, there is a vivid picture of how God actually views sin. The Hebrew word, therefore, unclean, is used of ceremonial uncleanness. That uncleanness, taken with the covering of filthy rags, compares the usage of these words in Leviticus 13 with regard to the treatment of leprosy. Those who were diagnosed with leprosy, according to the law, were to separate themselves from the rest of the people and loudly pronounce themselves as unclean to anyone who might approach. We see also in Leviticus chapter 13 the disposal of the leper's contaminated garments. They were to be burned. 
The Hebrew word repeatedly translated garment, beged, in that chapter is the same word used here for rags. Add to that the Hebrew adjective here for filthy, and a very clear picture emerges because we see a garment worn by a leper which has been contaminated by the issue of the disease. We see in Leviticus 13 that these garments were subsequently burned. Simply put, God views our sin just as the priest viewed the leper's contaminated garments, garments to be burned. Incidentally, notice verse 4. It says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. This verse is quoted by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, there to indicate God's future manifestation to all believers. That brings us to Isaiah chapter 65, where we see the unrighteous and the remnant. Verse 1, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, Here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I have stretched out my hands all day long to rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, according to their own thoughts, a people who provoke me to anger continually to my face, who sacrifice in gardens and burn incense on altars of brick, who sit among the graves and spend the night in the tombs, who eat swine's flesh and the broth of abominable things is in their vessels, who say, Keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am holier than you. These are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silence, but will repay, even repay into their bosom your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together, says the Lord, who have burned incense on the mountains and blasphemed me on the hills. Therefore I will measure their former work into their bosom. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, Do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servant's sake, that I may not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, and heir of my mountains. My elect shall inherit it, and my servant shall dwell there. Sharon shall be a fold of flocks, and the valley of Achor a place for herds to lie down for my people who have sought me. But you are those who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who prepare a table for Gad, and who furnish a drink offering for Menai. Therefore I will number you for the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called you did not answer, when I spoke you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes, and chose that in which I do not delight. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but you shall be ashamed. Behold, my servant shall sing for joy of heart, but you shall cry for sorrow of heart and wail for grief of spirit. You shall leave your name as a curse to my chosen, for the Lord God will slay you and call his servants by another name, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create, for behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, 
and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die one hundred years old, but the sinner being one hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. Well, here we are at the end of the prophecy of Isaiah, and he ties it all together with these last two chapters. In chapter 64, which we talked about earlier, the remnant of Israel, they're prophesied to have prayed just prior to the beginning of the Messianic kingdom, what we know as the future millennium. They're compared to the wicked people in Israel of Isaiah's day who rejected God's righteousness. Paul quotes verses 1 and 2 in his description of rejecting Israel in Romans chapter 10, verses 20 and 21. In verses 3 through 7, we find an indictment of the rebellious people of Israel, but mention of a remnant of righteous people beginning in verse 8. Then in verse 11, it's back to the rebels. A contrast of blessings and cursings is seen in verses 13 through 16 for the righteous remnant and for the rebels. Beginning in verse 17, Isaiah talks about life during the period we know to be the millennium. John, in the book of Revelation, divides the period after the tribulation when Israel is brought to righteousness into two distinct periods. First of all, the 1,000-year period known as the millennium, and then after that, the eternal state of the new earth that follows. Now, here's the way John divides the two periods beginning with the millennium. Satan is bound at the beginning of the millennium and then briefly released for rebellion and destruction after the 1,000 years. That's seen in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. At the conclusion of the millennium, a new heaven and new earth are created according to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Isaiah's prophecy here seems to make no distinction between the two periods. In both periods, Jesus is the Messiah and he rules. Isaiah specifically mentions the new heaven and new earth in this chapter of prophecy. A new and improved Jerusalem is seen here along with the cessation of hostilities throughout the earth. In taking Isaiah 65 and Revelation chapters 20 and 21 together, here are some assumptions that seem plausible. First of all, the new heaven and new earth, they mark an eternal state on a new earth which follows a distinct period of 1,000 years on the old earth that we know to be the millennium. During both periods, the millennium and the eternal state, during both periods there will be no hostilities nor predators. Then it appears that mortals will live on the earth during the millennium, but everyone is immortal after the creation of the new heaven and the new earth, according to Revelation 21.4. Then we see that new people will be born during the millennium who will not choose to be saved, and they will side with Satan in a battle at the end of the millennium. These unsaved, along with Satan, will be cast into the lake of fire for eternity 
at the end of the millennium. Apparently, no unsaved will exist on the new earth. The new earth will receive a new Jerusalem, which will be God's abode as well as the abode of saints with glorified bodies. Everything about the new Jerusalem will be supernatural, including its cubed shape and supernatural lighting. Now, Ezekiel's temple, seen in Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48, it will exist during the millennium, but there is no temple in the New Jerusalem, according to Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. Now, notice verse 20 of this chapter. It says, No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor an old man who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die one hundred years old, but the sinner, being one hundred years old, shall be accursed. Many have taken that to mean that a one hundred-year-old righteous person will be youthful during the millennium, while 100 years old will be a stretch for the unrighteous during that period. That sounds like a plausible explanation for that verse. Now, if you're more curious now about the uh, millennium and the eternal state afterward, then then take a look at the notes on the last three chapters of Revelation, and um, you can click on the link right here on this page if you look into the written notes, or you can go to the... Uh, verse look up and look at those three chapters. Also, you may find helpful the millennial conditions as set forth in the passages of Isaiah 2, 11, 60, Micah chapter 4, and Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 25 to 31. Then we talk about the millennium and the thereafter in Isaiah chapter 66. Verse 1, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word, he who kills a bull is as if he slays a man, he who sacrifices a lamb as if he breaks a dog's neck, he who offers a grain offering as if he offers swine's blood. He who burns incense as if he blesses an idol, just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. So will I choose their delusions and bring their fears on them, because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes and chose that in which I do not delight. Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your glory, but they shall be ashamed. The sound of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord, who fully repays his enemies. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says your God? Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. Rejoice for joy with her and all you who mourn for her, that you may feed and be satisfied with the consolation of her bosom, that you may drink deeply and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. 
Then you shall feed on her sides, you shall be carried, and be dandled on her knees, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. When you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord shall be known to his servants, and his indignation to his enemies. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword the Lord will judge all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Those who sanctify themselves and purify themselves to go to the gardens after an idol in the midst, eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse, shall be consumed together, says the Lord. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues, and they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and those who among them who escape I will send to the nations, to Tarshish and Pool and Lud, who draw the bow and Tubal and Javan, to the coastlands afar off who have not heard my fame nor seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles." Then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations, on horses and in chariots and in litters, on mules and on camels, to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord, as the children of Israel brings an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord. And I will also take some of them for priests and Levites, says the Lord. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. They shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. Now here's an interesting picture in verse 1. Heaven is God's throne, and earth is his footstool. As such, where can a house for God be built that will house his glory? Well, here's what God honors in verse 2. It says, Him who is poor and of a contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Stephen quotes these two verses in Acts chapter 7, verses 48 and 49. Sacrifices, verse 3, are of no avail otherwise. Judgment is coming on those who live contrarywise, we see in verses 4 through 6. The millennial restoration will take place quickly, verses 7 through 9. Then Isaiah moves into the conditions of millennial living in verse 10. And we see that God will comfort his people in verses 13 and 14. Isaiah then transitions to some second coming judgment prophecy in verses 15 through 17. Scripture that sounds like the Battle of Armageddon in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21. We find a unified worship of God after that battle. Jews and Gentiles alike based in Jerusalem in verses 18 to 21. Then, beginning in verse 22, we see the new heavens and the new earth. Revelation 21.1 describes that. And the enemies of God? Well, eternal torment is their reward. That's in verse 24. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. 
The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.